Welcome to 49ers After Dark. It's actually getting dark right now in the East Bay. I'm Grant Cohn. It's pitch black in Tampa, Florida, where Jesse Naylor is. Good to see you, Jesse. How are you? I'm fantastic. And guess what? Clocks go back this week, which means it will be officially after dark on your side of the coast as well. Pitch black. Can't wait. Title of the show is What Grant Cohn Was Wrong About So Far This Year. I don't mean to make it like about me. I just feel like what I've noticed is that Putting my name in titles does well, but it's not just about me. It's about me and Jesse, and we're going to be talking about what we're right about, what we're wrong about. It was just a total clickbait title, just to be completely transparent. But before we get into sort of assessing our own prognostications, I just got something to to throw out there, and it's a question for Jesse, and I think it's a question on a lot of Niner fans' minds, maybe Dolphins fans' minds. Have the Dolphins fleeced the 49ers? If you don't know what I'm asking about, people in the audience, real quick, the context here is that the 49ers and the Dolphins made that trade for Trey Lance. Trey Lance may end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. We'll see. For the Dolphins, so far they've turned that into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and now Bradley Chubb. They also traded a fifth-round pick to the Niners for Jeff Wilson. In addition, they signed Raheem Mostert because the Niners didn't want him. They made Mike McDaniel their head coach because the Niners didn't have another place for him. They also hired Wes Welker and John Embry because the Niners didn't want him. That is definitely Niners South Beach. Are they fleecing the 49ers? Man, I don't know if I can say they're fleecing the 49ers, but they sure are taking their table scraps and turning it into a full-blown meal over there. There's no doubt about that. Well put. What's the, what's the saying? One man's trash is another man's treasure. That's That's Miami. That's San Francisco South Beach for sure. They're doing a good job over there. I think a lot of people, now that that Chubb trade was made, a lot of people are really looking at it going, man, wow. you know, they got Chubb and Tyreek Hill yeah. essentially for that that Trey Lance pick. And, you know, and Trey Waddle. Lance hasn't even played a snap. And yeah. what was that? And Waddle. I mean, those are the three guys that they essentially spent those. They spent. Yeah, but that's a little different because that was, that was a pick swap. Still. Right, it's Still. not like they got an extra. So that one, it's like, okay, well, if it wouldn't have been Waddle, who would they have picked at three? They would have gotten a really good player there also. Still. Still. <laughs> Still. Still. So, I mean, I mean, it's look, look, it may work out for the Niners. Like, when they made the trade, it made sense. You're trading three first-round picks for a quarterback on a rookie deal, and you're putting them in a great situation. It's just that the Niners have fumbled it through the first two years to no fault of Trey oh, Lance. Sure. And they may work it out, but you got to say on the other side, Miami is doing exactly what they need to be doing. I mean, they've knocked this out of the park so far. Oh, Miami. Okay, let's be clear about this. Right now, the 49ers have an incomplete for that trade. That's just what it is. But Miami, what they've done with it. Big win. Plus. A plus. They've done everything they could. Yeah. I just think it's funny that the Niners keep trading with them. You know, I mean, like, I I feel like every time John Lynch calls them up, they're like, hey, what's up, John? Yes. Yes, we want to do it. I I don't know. At what point do the Niners feel like, man, they're they're taking advantage of us? The Jeff, the Jeff Wilson one to me, though. I I get it. They have a lot of injuries at running back. But what what else were they supposed to do? You you're getting you're getting who is supposed to be your starting running back and Elijah Mitchell back after the bye week. 
you have five running backs. You had two options. You either trade a guy or you put one on the practice squad to be poached for absolutely nothing. I don't know what, like, are you going to get rid of Mason or TDP in favor of Jeff Wilson? I don't think you can at this point. Look, you may, you bring up so many good points right now, and the Niners had so many reasons to do this, but all I have to say is the Dolphins benefited majorly. <laughs> Every oh, time sure. the Niners have a decision where it's like, man, this is a tough decision. Do we trade Jeff Wilson? Do we trade three first-round picks for a quarterback? The Dolphins are like, ooh, we got you. We got you. We can help you out. I just think it's really funny. Um, and not only that, just like the the, the, court, the, uh, the coaches, Welker, Embry, McDaniel, I, someone over there must be like, man, there's a a really good thing going over there going on over there in, in uh, Santa Clara, but um, they can't necessarily recognize the most important people. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I just feel like whoever they are over there is taking advantage of the 49ers. Kyle, do John. you do you think maybe we've <laughs> we've underrated Shanahan and Lynch so much so that they're able to get two teams to the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> look, all I know is that the Niners, the Niners are really good at putting their team together and they they have a nice team, but they lose every trade. It's just amazing. They they do some great drafting in day 3. But they lost the Jeff Wilson trade and they were like, "Well, we just wanted to do right by Jeff." Okay, that's what you say when you lose a trade. <laughs> Sorry. And like it doesn't matter how many trades they end up losing because their team is still stacked in a very mediocre league, so you can't knock it. But at a certain point, like, man, like, why you got to pump up the Dolphins' uh, self-esteem so much? Whoever that GM over is over there, what's his name, Chris Greer? He's like, man, I'm the smartest guy in the world just because he's dealing with you. I don't know. I feel like he's fleecing him. So, look, stop dealing with the Dolphins. If the Dolphins call you up, John, Kyle, say no, enough, no. These, Not dealing with you anymore. But that's just it, though. Unfortunately you're going to deal with teams that run similar schemes to you and you have a relationship there. The solid deal. That's why they reached out initially to, to the jets. Like, Hey, can we get the number two pick? Oh no. Okay, cool. Then we'll take number three. At that time, McDaniel wasn't there to be fair, but once you've got like an established relationship with somebody, especially when they're not in your conference or your division, you're like, all right, well, let's just keep making trades. <laughs> hey, what if Mike McDaniel was like, Hey, trade all those picks to the Dolphins. I think it's a great idea. What I would do <laughs> is trade three first-round picks to the Dolphins. I think, And then next you're like, hey, guess what? I'm going to the Dolphins. Thank you for doing all that. That's diabolical. You talk about 40 chess. He was planning one year in, in advance. I think that's a great idea. Anyway. Anyway. No way. I, John, you've got to stop making the Dolphins look good because you're making them look really smart. California Bears says, Grant, love all that you do, man. You're the best journalist covering the team. Hands down. Keep being you. Thank you, man. <laughs> California Bear. That was super nice. Appreciate you. Uh, a couple more. Antonio says, I sent you an email with recommendations for your Mexico trip. Check your spams. I will I will find that. I will check that. P.S. Jesse, you are the man. Keep up the great work. I think I found it. No, I think I know. It. I, I got you. I'll be there in a couple weeks. Gizmo says, not confident. Have we beaten any good teams? Yes. One. I, I, the Niners have faced two playoff teams, and they're one and one against them. It's really hard to say what the Niners are right now. Frankly, it's hard to say what any team in the NFL is right now. It's the it's the most mediocre league in the world, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I, th I think we can all agree that Buffalo's really, really good, though. They're special. I think that's the one team that everybody's like, okay, that they're elite. Now they were also they also won no playoff games last year. They, I, I, 
What have they done in the playoffs? What does Philly they, done? Well, the they they smashed the Patriots in the playoffs, beat the piss out of Bill. What did he have? Like Josh Allen had like five touchdown passes last year against Belichick's defense in the playoffs. Then they lost to the they, Chiefs. Okay, so they beat Mac Jones <laughs> and Belichick. Sorry. Yeah, it's true, true. All right, let's let's get to let's get down to business. It's time for us to be transparent. I like to say that I own up to my mistakes. Well, let's get down to it. Let's talk. Let's each say something we were wrong about thus far. And if you don't mind, I'll go first if that's okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I want to. I want to be right up front with what I was wrong about. And it's in terms of the 49ers as a team. I'm not gonna. I'm going to. Let's put it this way. I'm going to admit to not a damn thing with the Niners <laughs> so far. But what I will say is I was 100% wrong about their schedule. When it came out, I was like, oh, my God. This is the toughest schedule ever. They might miss the playoffs. Now it's like, um, it's the easiest schedule ever. Their division is trash. Uh, the AFC West, way overrated. The Bucks, trash. I mean, really, the only tough – Tough, tough games on their schedule is Kansas City, which they already did, and Miami, and in Seattle. I mean, yeah. the rest of the games are super winnable. And one more thing I want to say is, I don't really follow the rest of the, like follow the rest of the league like I follow the Niners. I watch the, the rest of the games, but I'm very tough on the Niners, and I think. People of a certain age hold them to a high standard because we grew up in the pre-salary cap era. Now we're like thirty some, like thirty years into the salary cap era, and it's like there is no greatness anymore. There's just a bunch of mediocre teams, and there's some teams that are a little bit better than mediocre. But the really the difference between the best and the worst team is way closer than it was thirty years ago. And um, Every time a team comes to the Niners, I'm like, man, the Niners are so overrated and everyone gives them, but I'm like, but this team sucks, you know? Like, I just can't get over how mediocre this league is and how such a cash cow it is, despite the fact that I feel like the product gets more mediocre every year. So that's my little rant. Um, I was wrong, I was wrong about the rest of the entire NFL. It's worse than I thought. It's, it's not good. It's, it's certainly not good. not good. There's no question about that. Offense in general is way down this year around the league. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. There's there's no complete team in the league. Nobody the closest again is Buffalo. Buffalo. I I've, I've been saying it all year long before the season started. That's the one team. That's the one team. And I I stand by that. They can't really run the ball though. They what? They can't really run the ball though. They're kind of one-dimensional on offense. Now, their one-dimensional on offense is really good, but how's that yeah. going to work in the playoffs? We'll see. Yeah, I don't know, but that defense is also really... When it's you look money. at that defense, it reminds me a lot of the San Francisco 49ers in 2019 where it's a bunch of guys that are on the come up and are just massive men. I mean, you yeah. look at them, they're faster than everybody else. They're bigger than everybody else. That's the way that we looked at the 2019 Niners. Like, whoa, these guys are huge compared to the, whoever they're playing. That's When I look at the Bills on TV, I'm like, God, they just... They're so much bigger and faster than everybody else that, yeah. that they play against. It's crazy. Yep. Absolutely insane. Yep. But the things I, the thing I was wrong about with the 49ers is to be concerned about the interior offensive line. I mean, just as a unit, okay, Brandel's not hasn't been the best, but Burford has done really good. Banks has been to lose a two basically they lost two Pro Bowlers on the interior offensive line. And they replaced them with two first-time starters. And 
they really haven't missed a beat. Where they're having issues is Mike McGlinchey, number 69 at right tackle. That's their biggest sure. issue. You would think it would be, I don't know, a rookie or one of the other first-year players. That's not the case. So I was certainly wrong to be very, very I – was, I was concerned. I didn't say that they would be terrible, but I was certainly concerned. And, it's true. I, I mean, I was wrong for that. I, I shouldn't have been so concerned. They, they knew what they were doing there. Chris Jones pushed him around a little bit, but that's what he—he's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. you, could act, you could argue that he's almost better than Aaron Donald. They're—they're they're like the opposites. Chris Jones is huge. Aaron Donalds is uh, Donalds is undersized and quick, and the Niners completely neutralize him all the time. And Chris Jones—they have no answer for. He just bullies the people on their offensive line, but he bullies everyone. I agree. There—we got to give him credit. Chris Forrester—he may not be a great run game coordinator. Um, he's got his hands full this year. He's got a position to coach and a, a run game to coordinate, but he is a damn good offensive line coach because they are not giving him premium talent. Like Mike Solari with the hardball years, he had first-round pick, first-round pick. first. He had a ton of talent, and he did a great job with him. He's a great coach. But Chris Forster, they're like, yo, we got fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, an undrafted dude who's 30s, played six snaps the last four years. Here you go. He's like, and Mike McGlinchey, he's like, all right, cool, bet. I got it. All right, sweet. He's pretty good. He's he's and he's great in interviews too. Shout he, out Chris he's Morrison. done a, a really good job. I I gotta agree with that. And I'll say the other thing real quick that I was wrong about. My thought about this team going into the season is that much like they in 2019 and 2021, that this team would be good enough to carry their quarterback. Whether mm-hmm. that and I thought it would be Trey Lance early on. I thought they'd have to carry Trey Lance a little bit. As long as Trey Lance didn't go out and lose games, they would be good to go. They're not good enough to overcome the quarterback on a regular basis anymore, no. at least not in the first half of the season. When you lose to teams like the Bears and the Broncos and the Falcons, I- I'm sorry, you, especially in, in two of those games, the quarterback didn't play horrible. They played just kind of average. That's the 2021 team and the 2019 team would have overcome those performances by the quarterback, but they're they're not good enough for that right now at this moment. No. Is that enough... Uh... Tell it on yourself. Did I did I miss something? For I me, mean, it's, I, I just feel like we haven't learned enough about the Niners to really give out apologies at this point. Like they've played a bunch of bad teams, lost to some teams that they're essentially better than, and you know, beat the Seahawks, who are the only team ahead of them in the in the division. So it's really hard to know what they are. I guess we'll it find is. out. It's certainly yeah, tough. yeah, it's tough. California Bear says, "Do you think Jordan Willis is going to play this year?" It's the million-dollar question. It's the question on everybody's mind right here. <laughs> um, they don't need him to. No, they don't. They don't really they need Armstead, they really, too. They need Armstead, too. Absolutely. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's say something. Let's toot our own horn here. Something each of us was right about so far. You can go first on this one. Okay. I would say... The Christian McCaffrey trade from this standpoint before the season started. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. From this standpoint, I'm not, not, hold on. Sorry, sorry. I'm not, I'm not scoffing. I was enjoying it. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. No, I'm saying from this point, when, when the offseason was going on, people were getting really upset that they weren't going quote unquote all in. And I kept saying the same thing. They They will will probably want to assess the team. They will. And they have a chance to go all in mid season, much like they did in 2019 if they think they're in a position to be winners. Well, once they got to that position where it's like, okay, we think we're good enough, 
they pulled the trigger. They made a massive deal, a deal probably bigger than what anybody thought was possible. Way and bigger I said than the that well Sanders before deal. the season started, that that you was did. a possibility. You did. Because I was annoyed all offseason. I was like, really? You're just going to sign Traverius Ward and stand pat? Not that that wasn't a good move. Getting a, a top-level cornerback on, on, in free agency is money. Um, but that's not enough. And right. it wasn't enough. They started off three, whatever, three and three, whatever, I forget. Somehow I forget. Three and four. Three and three. And, uh, three and three. And then, boom, they go out and get Christian McCaffrey. I felt it was expensive and desperate. But, you know, it worked last week. And uh, it just might lead to a Super Bowl because, as we were talking about earlier, the league is so freaking mediocre that just a little bit of an improvement puts you in a whole different stratosphere because the best team is here and the worst team is right here in the league. Um, Something I was right about so far, I just want to say that I feel like I was right about Debo Samuel's down season. Mm. Once he came into training camp, I was like, oh, he's five pounds overweight. Oh, he's not the Debo from last year. And they're sort of struggling to get on the same page. I was charting his uh, targets and stuff. He, I think he caught like 53% of his targets in camp. He's still under 60% for the season. His drops are up. He's hurt. Um, the whole wideback thing is over. Uh, he's still a good player, but he's no longer the focal point of the offense. Now it's McCaffrey and Ayuk, honestly, and then him. And as a third option, he's devastating, but he needs to get healthy. And I feel like I kind of called it and you never want to make too big of proclamations just watching training camp but at the same time at the same time that stuff matters and if a guy just basically punts the off season you know usually there's consequences unless you are Nick Bosa and you're really that disciplined that you can do it all by yourself and I don't think Debo is yeah that's I I do got to give you props on that one you did See this coming from a mile away. There's no doubt about that. Sorry. I called him a double Debo with cheese. I'm sorry. That was rude. <laughs> I did, though. I forgot about that. I did. I did. I'm sorry. But that's on him. I mean, dude, if you if you sign a 20-plus million-dollar contract, like you kind of open yourself up to be critiqued like that. And when, one thing I want to say about Christian McCaffrey, he comes here, and I've never met him before until now, and he's making $12 million a year or whatever, like whatever the average is, and Man, the, he is above reproach, right? He is in perfect condition. Whatever he says in the press conference is totally thought out and reasonable. I, he is a pro's pro. Whereas Debo, you cannot say that about Debo. You can't. He's not necessarily a pro's pro. Great athlete, one healthy and in shape. And the crazy motivated. thing is, Christian McCaffrey is younger than Debo. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, they're both 26, but it's like by like. 100 days or something like that. And if you feel like Debo is not himself this year and he's not, maybe Kyle was like, look, because I felt like what is going on with this trade? Maybe Kyle's like, hey, man, Kittle's over the hill, still good, but he's not going to all of a sudden carry this offense. Debo, he's not going to all of a sudden do what he did last year. He's not in the same shape. Ayuk is great, but we don't have the quarterback to fully take advantage of his talents. I need Christian McCaffrey. In which case, I get it. All I would say is win the fucking Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> win the fucking Super Bowl. And if he does, man, I'll give him ultimate props. Ultimate props. Yeah, for sure. Of course. They, I mean, they've they've got more than enough talent to get it done. 
All right, moving on. Name a player who hasn't played as well as you thought he would, and I will as well. Well, I'm actually going to say Debo Samuel because I was on the other side of that. Uh, you know, I, I, I obviously take what you said into consideration, but I figure, okay, give him a couple weeks. He'll be fine. Fair. He's, yeah. He's not playing horrible by any means. He's still on pace for like 1,200 yards in a 16-game season. Not, no, it's not atrocious. True. No. But the impact of which he's had on the games has been not near what it was last year. Last year, his thumbprint was on every single win down the stretch. Every single one of them was like, he was the best player in the league, dog. Debo did that. Debo did this. And you just don't see it. And I was shocked. I think I was more shocked by the fact that what they did to the Rams without Debo, that was shocking to me. Because... If we knew that Debo wasn't going to play, we might have both picked the Rams to win that game. Can I say something uh, really controversial? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to whisper it to you. They were better without him against the Rams. They were better without him. They were. Yes, because they've been forcing the ball to him as, as the number one option all season. Finally, they take him out. They get rid of his poor routes and his drops, and all of a sudden the whole offense goes through Kittle. Ayuk and McCaffrey, and those guys are all playing very well this season. And now it's like the offense scored 31 points. Now (laughs) Debo has to come to terms with the fact that they don't need him anymore. Now, they can use him, and they can benefit from him, but they don't need him. He needs to come back and fill a role, not be a superhero. It's a great thing because he's not in condition to be that superhero anymore. Yeah, I think... Let's be clear. You add Debo, you've got more yes, talent. But they got they no. got to find the, the perfect balance here. And they were overusing him early in the season. Taking him away, it worked. And so now they can re- reinsert him into the offense, but in a prudent manner. In a prudent yeah, manner. Yeah, I, I think everybody after the Christian McCaffrey trade has to be understanding that their touches are going to go down. They just yeah. are. And, yeah. and Kittle, Kittle's... I mean, Kittle's touches. Except for Ayuk. Except for Ayuk. I agree. They don't need to cut into Ayuk's touches. He's killing it. He's had a great year from freaking May until now. And I think the combination of McCaffrey and Ayuk is devastating because Ayuk can really get down the field, and he's the one guy that's not a checkdown option on this team. And frankly, the offense didn't really kick into gear against the Rams until Ayuk got involved in the third quarter. I'm just saying. I'm I'm curious to see how the Debo thing plays because in my opinion with Christian McCaffrey, I think this offense would be at its optimal performance if they had another player more like Ayuk, who's more of a route technician mm-hmm. on the outside. You have two guys that can just route people up, up yeah. and down the field. You got yeah. Christian McCaffrey to be your check down guy. Kittle can go do his thing. I think that that offense would flow a little bit smoother than an offense that's kind of redundant with Debo and Christian. But, you know, well, that's, I mean, listen, that's on Kyle. He's got to figure that out. And it's not a, it, it's not a bad problem to have. You have a lot of talent. You have it everywhere. It's just, to me, if I'm building out the team, I, I would like to see a little bit of a different skill set with some of those guys. But we'll see how it plays out. It's but fair yeah, to Debo, wonder for me. It's That's fair to wonder, though, like uh, what Debo's going to give you this year because he's like been playing catch up all year. You didn't go to OTAs and minicamp playing catch up. Uh, came into training camp overweight, pl- 
playing catch up, trying to get into shape. And just just at the point of the season where you should be rounding into shape, you pulled your hamstring. So I, I think it's fair to wonder if this is going to be kind of like a 2020 season. I haven't named a player yet. A player who hasn't played as well as I thought he would. Eric Armstead. Mm. He's been MIA the whole year. And I always felt like, you know, he's a little overpaid. And, you know, they're paying him really to be a pass rusher. Even though he's a great run defender, you don't spend that kind of money on run defenders. But he is an impact player, even though he's overpaid, in my opinion. He's still an impact player. He creates pressures in the pass game. And he is a monster in the run game. And he has just been totally not there. He got hurt on the first play of the first day of training camp, and he's been playing catch-up ever since. He got hurt. He got plantar fasciitis. Somehow he was working his way back and hurt the other foot. And yeah. they and like they keep saying, like, hey, we hope maybe next week, and nothing. And they're saying, like, you know, maybe after the bye week. I hope so because they're paying him so much money, and they kept him over Buckner. And in a lot of ways, they could justify it. He is a very good player. But he's been, you know, the number one available, uh, number one ability is availability. He had it like the last three, four years, but now it's like, dude, is this? Are you ever coming back? What's going on? Uh, I don't know if they can really win a Super Bowl without Armstead being a part of this team. I mean, he he is important. No way. No, he's yeah. he's that important. It, yeah. If we, I talked about this. <clears throat> excuse me. I, we it's talked not about his fault that he's. He's not his fault that no, he's injured either. No. It's not his fault that he's injured. But like. This is the same thing. It's the same thing I got into with Kinlaw. Sorry to talk. Bring this. It's like I'm not criticizing the player for getting injured. That's fucked up to criticize a player for being injured. I'm criticizing the front office. You invested big in this dude, and he's not giving you anything, man. You projected that he would, and he's not. And Buckner's over there, you know, plugging away week after week, available. So it's not a knock on Armstead. It's a knock on the team. Necess- I mean, whatever for penciling him in as a impact player once again. So that's my that's my disappointment. Sorry, just want to put we, that out. We talked about it yesterday on on my show, and we said if, if there was one player you could bring back, essentially, would, would you bring back <laughs> Debo or Armstead? And we're like, Armstead. If, if yeah. we can get one guy healthy after the bye week, Armstead. Hands Armstead. down, that is the most important player to get back. Over yeah. Debo, which is crazy to say, but... Armstead's that important, and I've got to wonder, Grant, they were in on Deron Payne, who I talked about a couple weeks ago on, on your show, wanting. They were in on him at the at the deadline. Schefter reported that. I also heard they were in on another defensive tackle. What does that mean? Does that mean that they know Kenlaw's not going to play, or does that mean they know that Kenlaw and Armstead aren't going to play? What, what does that mean? I don't know, but it tells me that they know they need a difference maker at that position regardless of what's going on, so that's a little concerning. It is. Um, take a couple questions and then we'll get back to our stuff. Professor Lawless is late to this chat today. However, you weren't wrong about this team. Thank you. Let's not be fooled again this year. Thank you. Not getting tricked again. LOL. We won't be fooled again. <laughs> J- Jason says, which game are you both looking forward to the most? Do you think JV can make a real impact or is he washed? Man, I'm not. I don't want to make a prediction on that. I don't either. I don't, I don't want to make a prediction on that. Uh, that that dude Jason Verrett has been through hell. How could you not root for him? I'm I'm not saying that. I, I I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict that he'll make it through. But I'm not rooting against him. I'm not picking against him. What was the other if he if he can 
let's just say this. I don't I don't know how he's progressing with the injury. I don't know why they keep holding him out. I don't know if he's got any chance to play, but if he does, I do imagine that he would make a real impact. Yes. He's got he's got a lot of skill. A lot of skill. He's a very good football player. Just to pump the brakes on the expectations, not only is he I mean, look at Clay Thompson right now. Really struggling. This guy is about 31. He's coming off another ACL. Um, when he tore it up in 2020, which was just a phenomenal year. Great story. He had the full training camp. The full training camp with no setbacks. So they're trying to bring him in midseason. He had no training camp. Nothing. So I, I don't think you can expect him, even if he does play this coming week after a bye week, to make a big impact. Uh, I think it's all very, like, just a, they should be looking at like gradual, I don't know what the word is, but just kind of mix them in slowly, build him up very slowly. And I think the, the, I, the goal should be next year, next year. I know yeah. he's getting old, but can I'll you really, the, can you really hope that he's going to be a shutdown corner in the next two, three months? No. And, and I don't think he will be, but I also don't think he has to be like in 2020, they needed him to be that. Just be but better than it, Lenore. Just be better than Lenore. Right. In 2022, I think yeah. he can do that. And with the talent on defense, Grant, I mean, they don't need him to be a shutdown. That would be great. But if he's 80% just be a number was, two. Be a yeah, second. he can yeah. be a number two. Exactly. That's fair. Professor Lawless says, it would be nice to, hold on, because they could put Lenore back in the slot and they could put Jimmy Ward back at free safety. I don't know what it is about Kyle and D'Amico. Look, nothing against Deshaun Gibson. Gip, as we call him, he 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 played his position and filled his time. Jimmy Ward is way better than him, and I feel like they're framing it as we're playing Jimmy Ward at nickel because we have to because we're so decimated at corner. Okay, well we I don't necessarily guy. believe you. I feel like part of me feels like part of you thinks Gibson's better, and you're wrong. You're wrong. Nothing against Gibson. But Jimmy Ward was a top 100 player in the NFL last year at free safety. So if Jason Verrett can hold it down on the outside and Lenore can go back to the slot, then Jimmy Ward better freaking go back to free safety. Otherwise, I'm calling shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans. Shenanigans. Two, two things real quick. Two things real quick. I want to answer the other part of his question. The game I'm looking most forward to is Miami versus the 49ers. So that's, <clears throat> that's the one I'm looking the most forward to. But nah. I think... I'm looking forward to Niners in Seattle. I want to see that. That's always fun. Too. That's Niners in Tampa is a good one too. That's a good one too. That is. Yeah, that is. That's a that's lot of fun. That is. Also, the Mexico City game is going to be dope. The, yeah, that'll be. Arizona's dope. done a very good job against the Niners the last couple of years. They really have. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Especially the their defense. Their defense has done a really good job against Kyle Vance. Joseph is good. Yeah, is he that is. No doubt yeah. about it. Um, I'm trying not to pull a Colin Cowherd today, where I just confidently say someone who's not on the team. Is, uh, <laughs> as far as <laughs> as far as playing Jimmy Ward at nickel, I think I think what they're trying to do is they're just trying to get their best players out there. And Jimmy Ward's cool. versatile, so they do have that going for him. And maybe they look at it and say, okay, well, after the injury, we would re- we feel more comfortable playing Gibson than we do Womack at this point. And so we'll Fair. play Gibson where he can be his best, and we'll put Lenore on the outside and Ward on the, you know, is a nickel. And that's what we'll roll with. 
maybe a little out of position, but we're getting our best players on the field. I got to believe there's some of that that goes into it as well. Yeah, but from Jimmy Ward's perspective, it's like, okay, you just brought in Christian McCaffrey, so that means you're not going to re-sign me next year. So that means I'm going to be a free agent. And not only that, but you're now playing me out of position, so I can't enter free agency saying I'm a dope safety. I'm one of the top five, ten safeties in the league. Break me off. No, I'm that dude who got replaced by Tashawn Gibson, who was a street free agent, and then had to play nickel. Like, that sucks. If I were Jimmy Ward, I'd be super pissed. If I was Asian, I'd be pissed as fuck. So, I mean, I, the Niners act like they're like a player-friendly organization. They just traded Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins for pennies on the dollar to do right by their guy. All right, well, then do right by Jimmy Ward, who's still on your fucking team, man. What the fuck? Sorry. Yeah. For cursing. But it's Niners well, after dark. Let's I mean, Jaquaski talks about side. They didn't like, do right by Jimmy Garoppolo either. They should have cut him and let him go pick his team. But they didn't true. do that either. So that's they're going to do what's that's best true. for them. That's true. Professor Lawless says, I don't think it's not that Debo is not as good as necessarily. It's just teams knew what to expect this season. Kyle's not drawn up anything different. Well, let me let me allow allow me to retort, as Samuel L. Jackson would say. Um, he's not getting the he's not getting down the field. Last year. His average depth of target or average depth of catch was like eight yards down the field with Jimmy. Now it's like three. That's on him. So I, I don't know, man. And his, his drops are up too, and his body fat percentages. I'm sorry, uh, it's on him. I think he needs to do better, man. I think he could do. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he was the. I thought he was the best player in football last year, and he's so far from that right now. He's not even the best player on his team, or his offense. I mean, he's like third best. So, Debo, it's time. We're calling you out. You are a prime, a primo athlete. Like, prove us wrong right now. And if you're, you do, you're the Niners win the Super Bowl. You're getting paid. So yeah. Uh, over under one point five injuries during the bye. <laughs> God, hopefully under, question. please. Pete says the offense needs to run through everyone, not one guy. I don't disagree with that. Uh, official BNA Music eighty eight says CMC as O P O T offensive player. Of the said, week. I know, I know. People said it was Jimmy Garoppolo's eighty four completion percentage. <laughs> they did have an instant chemistry, though. I'm gonna give them that for sure. Instant chemistry and and CMC Love does bring, bring an element that he hasn't had in the past. I'll, I'll give him that as well. Daniel says country music channel will line up. <laughs> In, in slot 70% of the time once Debo and Elijah come back, 30% backfield, but mostly for screens, check downs in my honest opinion. I 100% disagree with you, Daniel. He is going to use this guy like he's Terrell Davis. They are not messing around with this team right now. Yeah, they're going to throw it to him a little bit. 27 touches? Dude, that was not by mistake. They are just getting warmed up. Kyle Shanahan they can, doesn't. Please, God, do not do this. Do not to. do this. They need to rotate linebackers. Greenlaw getting busted up, says California Bear. He's already, yeah, he is busted up. But well, by so week. is Aziz. So is Aziz. Eddie Marco says, are the Niners legit after beating the Rams or fraud? Who knows? I feel like you can't really say either way. It's the freaking Rams. I can say, I can say that what the Rams are. They're freaking awful. All right. Get Rams are the terrible. Show. That's a terrible. They're so bad. They're they're joke. They're awful. What they did was they went all in for their Super Bowl and got it. Hats off. Right. Hats off to them. Those guys will be champions the rest of their lives, and they can always have that ring right here. But that team is fucked. It's it's over for them. The team is fucked. 
He should have McVeigh should have left last year, baby. Yep. They're done, baby. Anyway, name a player who has played better than you thought he was. He would. You hater. You're a hater. Yeah. <laughs> now I want you to. I want you to say who played better than you just wrote off. I wrote off. No. Uh, we just talked about him briefly. Tashawn Gibson. I'm sorry. When Ward went down, I called him the single. I called him the single most important player to this 49ers defense. And the reason that I thought that going into the season was much like I thought Verrett was last year. That if they lost him, Hafunga is starting for his first year. I did think that he could hold it down, but I thought he would have to rely on Jimmy Ward kind of doing Jimmy Ward stuff. So when he went down and then street free agent Gibson comes in, I'm like, oh God, here we go. This is not going to be good. The defense, the back end of the defense is not going to hold up. Hafunga has been fantastic, no doubt about it. But a lot of that has to do with Gibson doing his part as well, allowing Hafunga to go do his thing. If Gibson was dog water the way that I thought he might have been, Hafunga wouldn't be able to play the way he, the way that he's been able to play either. So I've got to give Gibson a lot of credit. I really do. I thought he would be horrible, and he wasn't. Yeah, he has been good. I got more because I, I faded hella people on this uh, <laughs> on this team. Like Hafunga, man, I didn't get it at all. All the coaches were like, "Man, this dude is special." I'm like, I don't see it. And then in training camp, people were like, "He was intercepting." I have to give him credit. He was intercepting uh, Trey Lance in in eleven on elevens. But I watched him in one on ones, and I'm like, "Man, you can't cover Ross Twelly." Now. I really shouldn't be too hard on people for failing the Ross Dwelly twist because no one can cover Ross Dwelly. That's what people don't understand. No one can cover Ross Dwelly. I think we learned that last week. You can't so, stop Ross Dwelly. You, you can only hope to contain you him. You can only hope to contain him. It's true. Yeah. So uh, he he's really good, and I didn't see it. I was like, here's my thing. Here's my problem, and I want to learn from this. I'm trying to be uh, completely transparent here. I didn't play football growing up. I played baseball and soccer. And so what I can do is I can look at athletes and be like, man, I can compare athletes. You can compare numbers. I love Joe Williams, athlete. But athletes aren't necessarily football players. There's a difference, right? Yeah. Football oh, players yeah. are, are, you know, they like violence. They like pain. It's all this. It's, I don't. I can't relate. I played freaking baseball and soccer. I didn't do that stuff. So Talanoa Hafunga is clearly a football player. They say this stuff. He's a football player. What does that mean? Well, him, not the best athlete. You put his raw numbers out there. It's like, yeah, fifth round pick. But there's a reason he was the Pac-12 player of the year. And there's a reason that he's a freaking baller in the NFL. Same thing with Chris Borland back in the day. You know, that kind of stuff supersedes. And there are a lot of football. There are a lot of athletes who are off the charts that aren't necessarily good football players because they don't want the pain. I don't want the pain. People don't understand. I'm actually one of the greatest athletes of all time. People don't know this. But I just didn't want the pain, so I can't express it through football or any sport, actually. I just talk shit for a living. But I was a great athlete. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm saying? But nothing so I, runs I faster learned. than your mouth. There's, there's, that's very true. That's true. I got more players that I, that I wrote off that I, didn't, uh, that I want to give credit to. Banks. Aaron Banks. I watched him every day in one-on-ones. I was like, this dude is trash. Nope. He's actually hella good. I have to really um, reconsider my ability to 
assess offensive linemen because he's good. He's really good. Also, Charles who I never wrote him off, but he's hella good. He is and, really um, good. And I never really made a point of that while watching him in, in uh, training camp. So those three guys are really good players. Didn't see it coming. I, I think there's one thing that unfortunately will never, ever show itself in any drill or a 40 time or, I mean, just unless you get to know these guys and the NFL, quite frankly, doesn't put a lot of these guys out there for you to really know and understand an interview. But a player's mind is the most important thing. You look at Richard yeah. Sherman. He was not the best athlete, but he his right. mental game was so on point. He was so smart, so prepared. He knew where to be at all times. He knew what was going to happen before it happened, and so it allowed him to play fast. A funga, I I imagine, has to be a lot like that. And I know it's a big joke. Every you know, every practice, he's the first one. Guess who's here? Guess who's out first? It's a funga, and it's kind of the joke or whatever. But it's true. I, I think that right there is a picture into who he is, how much he cares about the game, and how much he puts into being a great football player. I want to. I want to bring that. That's really a really good point. And I we look at these players. I think of these players as being, you know, grown ups. They're kids a lot of times, the ones coming into the league. And I try to relate, like, when I got to UCLA, I went to UCLA, I was very proud of that, you know. It's a tough school to get into. I got really mediocre grades the first year and a half. And it really took a long time for me to figure out what it took to be to rise to the occasion at a really good school. I, it took me deep into my second year. So when you see a young guy like Talanoa, in his first year, gets all the little things about being a pro. Like, I didn't get that until my second year at UCLA. So it's impressive. And it, it speaks to a level of maturity that I didn't have. So that stuff is important. It means a whole lot. I get it. And I uh, admire it. Yeah, 100%. And that, and that, for me, is why I try to talk about the psychology of the game as much as possible. I try to bring those things in to... Because to me, they're important. And it's impossible to fully know what's inside somebody. But that's also why I'm so big on Trey Lance. People are like, well, the mechanics and this. And it's always the physical. And to me, I'm looking up here. If I if I learn a lot about who you are mentally and you pass that test for me, I'm all in on you as a player. I think that you have something that most players do not have. And that's why I was and am so big on Trey Lance. Well, also, you need to be able to project to the future, like, People were all about Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence because of what they saw in college and what they felt would translate immediately. But mm -hmm. now we're years out. We're we're two, three years out from that. And you're starting to, starting to look at Justin Fields. He's he's improving and starting to show that he can reach that ceiling that we all thought was very high. And now it's almost like maybe him and Trey Lance were the two most special quarterbacks from that class because, frankly, Trevor Lawrence has done jack shit. Mac Jones has done jack shit. And uh, Zach Williams, Zach Wilson looks the worst of the, of the five. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting. Like, with these quarterback evaluations, you really have to, like, think about what a guy can become. And really you're banking on your ability to bring out the best in an athlete. Can you do it? Or are you insufficient? Right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
100%. Nicholas, I got you. I'm looking right here. I got you first thing in the morning. I got you, bro. I will pep talk you and your mom, <laughs> Kathy. I got you. I got you, man. First thing in the morning. Cameo's hella fun. Fortnite's Faithful says, what do you think about Samuel Womack? Uh, he made a nice play on special teams last week. Uh, I think. I, you know what I think? He's going to be one of the next Niners players who was kind of buried as a rookie and then is dope as a second-year player. Him. Jordan Mason, Danny Gray might even be one of these guys too. Guys that you're like, oh, is he trash? Because he didn't play his rookie year, kind of like Aaron Banks, kind of like Talanoa. And the next year you're like, oh, no, the Niners are just super conservative about playing rookies. Mm -hmm. I I agree with you about Womack. I don't know about the other guys, but Womack to me, even on special teams, he's always making a play. He's always He gets two or three snaps a game. You notice him at some point throughout that game. He puts his mark on the game every single time. So, yes, he's a rookie. It's going to take time to develop, but you are seeing the flashes of him being just an absolute playmaker, a lot like Talanoa Funga has been. Jason says once the Niners move on from Mike McGarbage, can ooh, sorry, Mike, do the Niners draft a right tackle or do they find a free agent? See, this is, I guess, one of my critiques of the McCaffrey trade as I feel like it makes it difficult to do either one. You could, if you could find a right tackle in round, in round five, by all means. Um, but it's tough. And if you in free agency, I mean, I guess we'll have to see what this Amazon deal does for uh, the cap because right now they got a lot of money earmarked for a, a, you know eight or nine players, including Bosa. Yeah, I I don't know about free agency, but they certainly they probably need to find a center as well, and they're going to have to do it with some compensatory third round picks. That's where it's going to have to come from. Not so easy, let's hope they hit, but not impossible. Once you see what they've done with Jake Brendel, and they do have a good offensive line coach, and maybe Jason Poe can learn how to snap because I think I think he's got potential. For don't sure, don't forget about Jason Poe. Damian Jasso says, "Where was that play by Dwelly this whole time, and will Jimmy ever make that throw that far again?" Why, why did it take this long for them to get Ross Dwelly involved? And, and are they going to forget about him? He just caught a 50-something-yard pass. Are they going to go back to throwing passes to Werner and Croft? What the fuck? Sorry. Why, why is it because I keep hyping him up? I don't understand. Kyle, like, why, man? Take credit. You know I'll take credit, too. But you can take credit as well. He, he out, Kyle outsmarted himself. On that play to Warner, the, the drop pass, He's thinking to himself, okay, I'm going to put in a blocking tight end that they're never going to suspect to be wide open down the seam. As if anybody's going to suspect Dwelly to be wide open down the seam when you have George Kittle and Ayuk yeah. and Debo. It's what the are same you principle doing? as Charlie Warner. Dwelly. The difference is that Dwelly will catch the fucking pass. I keep cursing. Every time. I'm so sorry. Every He's time. He's never he dropped a pass in his entire career. That's a good nope. streak. Kind of like Elijah Mitchell, who's never fumbled. Yep. Adam says, I love that talk about the mental aspect of the game. Really interesting. Great show, guys. Big fan of both of you. Thank you, Adam. It's an interesting game that I never played, but I've covered it for 12 seasons, and I'm learning. I'm learning. Football players. All right. If you could go to Vegas right now, and someone said you have to put all the money you've ever saved in your life on the Niners making it back to the NFC Championship or not, what would you do? You you can't hedge here. You you are you, gun to your head. Who what are you putting it on? All your money, Man. all of it. 
All right, let me go step by step on this one. Would I put everything I own on them making the playoffs first? The answer to that is yes. I think they would make the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't so put that tells all me, my okay, life they, savings against that. I wouldn't put all my life savings against that either. That's, no. The no, NFC is way not. too mediocre to, to bet against that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm betting on them to make the playoffs if, if that's what we're looking at here. And so now the conversation goes from, okay, they're one of 16 teams that has to make it to the NFC Championship to their one in seven teams and two of them actually. So two and seven, can they be two of seven? I look across the NFC. Do I trust teams like Dallas who they molly walked last year? Philly is probably the one team that I would, I would bet for sure that they're going to be one of those teams. So I, I'm going to earmark them in, but then who else? I mean, am I going to trust Seattle if they make it the giants? No, nah, man, I, and I don't Minnesota, want to sound like a homer here, but interesting. I, is there interesting. anybody else that I trust more than the 49ers outside of Philly? I don't think there is. I would have to make that bet in their favor to make it to the NFC Championship game. I would. They, they've got too much talent, man. They, ju they just have too much talent. Too much. All right. So we're talking about all the money that I've saved from YouTube the last all of it. a lot of money. And not, not a and, lot of money. And, it's a lot of and work. Let me on be my clear part. about this. Not like the way the 49ers went all in, where they went all in for Trey Lance. They're like, we'll give you the house, we'll give you the car, but we're keeping our big screen TV because we're not going to start them right away. None of that shit. All in. Everything you own on this bet. Dude, I'm putting the stinger, the house. Everything. The bank account. Look, here's the way I look at it. Should the 49ers go back to the NFC Championship? Hell yeah. They absolutely should. Minnesota, the Giants, Seattle, none of them are as talented of a roster as the Niners. It's the Niners in Philly. That should be the NFC Championship game. But should and will are different things. Mm. And the way I look at this team is that they're an underperforming bunch because of their coaching staff. They've lost a lot of key people in their coaching staff, and I don't think that they've adequately replaced them. It's not necessarily about Kyle. It's about the loss of McDaniel and Embry and Welker. And if I'm right about that, then this team will come up short despite the fact that they should be in the Super Bowl. Frankly, they might. You could say they should be Super Bowl champions. Um, but I, I am not going to put my stinger, my house, and my savings on the 49ers living up to expectations. This, team, this seems like a team that's going to fall short of expectations, and I'm not going to change my mind about that because they beat the Rams again. I'm not. We're going to need. They beat the, the Dolphins. Or they beat the Seahawks in Seattle. That's a whole different thing. But um, I saw them get absolutely ran through by the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's going to be hard for me to unsee that anytime soon. Sorry. That's totally fair. But somebody's going to have to hold us accountable. Because the 49ers are either making the NFC Championship game. And I'm keeping everything that I own and Grant's losing everything or they're not going to make it and Grant's keeping everything he owns and I'm going to lose everything. One of us is going to be doing this from McDonald's Wi-Fi. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> Honey, I bet everything we own on the 49ers not making the NFC Championship game. We're bankrupt. I'm so sorry. I really <laughs> thought it was a good bet. We're out. We She'll need to understand. move out. She'll understand. She will. She'll understand. 
All right, let's play the over-under game. Grant, yeah, this is a one-sided ass-kicking this year. I'm just letting you know. Damn. I won again last week. Damn. We had three different picks. I, I got two of the three. So That sucks. Yeah. But, you know, listen, it, there's two halves of the season. And it's luckily okay. for you, we're even going to play during the bye week. So Great. <laughs> okay. All right. Over or under, and we're going to do second half of the season over or under. Over or under, 10 and a half wins for the San Francisco 49ers. Under. Barely. 10. I'm going with You think 10. they're at 10? Yeah, I think they're at 10. Okay, so you think they're going to go 6-3 and three in the second half? Yes, I think they're going to go 6-3. I think they're going to split with Arizona. I think they're going to lose to Miami and Seattle. Okay. I don't feel that great about it because Arizona could definitely get that business twice in a row. They definitely could. I, yeah. That being yeah. said, the Niners could drop one to like... The Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, or the Raiders. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's stupid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. New, I mean, New Year's game, yeah. you know, traveling. Yeah. Okay. On the road. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I think they're going to beat Arizona twice. I agree with you, though. I'm going to go with 10 wins. I think six and three. After starting four and four, I think six and three is reasonable. Disagree with me. I'm trying to beat you. Come on, man. No, I'm not 11. going to on this one. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to start picking everything the same as you. Because <laughs> you don't have to disagree with me anymore. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. You got me. All right. Offense. Second half of the season, can they average for just the second half? Let's erase the first half. 22.5 points per game. Keep in mind, thus far, the offense is averaging 20.25 points per game. I mean, they should. They <laughs> Can they get to 22.5 points per game? Yes, I'm going to think yes. They freaking better. God, they better. Yes. They have seven teams on their schedule that are in the bottom 10 in points given. Yeah, I mean, no excuses, man. Yes, absolutely. I would <laughs> think so. I agree with you. I, I think 22 and a half is very manageable. It better be. Yeah. If it's not, if you have a schedule where seven of your final nine opponents are in the bottom 10 in points given up, and you added Christian McCaffrey and you can't get to 22 and a half, not only are you not an offensive genius, you are an ept is an offensive coach. I'm sorry. They yeah. have to be able to find a way to get 22 and a half. So, yes, they will. I would think so. Yeah. God, I don't know. All right. Yeah. 375.5 offensive yards a game. Right now, they are averaging 356.6 offensive point or yards. Over. Game. I'm a big Niners supporter this year. Over. Big time. That's a, lot. That's a big yeah. jump. 20 yards. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go under. Oh, wow. I got you, buddy. I got you right here. <laughs> I hear this every week. I got every you week right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is where I separate. This is where I win. Right here. Such a, right. such a pessimist. Hater. You could actually I know. Call I am a hater. hater. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, which is the old, by the way, if Grant Cohen's telling you you're a hater, you might want to do some soul searching it's, as a 49er <laughs> fan. You, you, I should probably be kicked out of the fan base. Let's be real. Let's be real. 13 and a half turnovers in the second half of the season for the offense. Will they turn it over 13 and a half times more or less? Right now they have 12 turnovers in eight games. So in nine games, 13 and a half turnovers. Oh man. This is a tough one. 
This is this is the hardest one I think on the offensive side. I agree. I'm gonna go over just because I feel like Jimmy has been like getting lucky. I mean, Jalen Ramsey dropped that shit last week. Like these just four picks this year. That's just gonna even out. Over. I'm sorry. Over. This one, so the reason this one's tough is not because I trust Jimmy all of a sudden, but Christian you McCaffrey. You makes like the way the he game fumbled so twice last easier. week? He does. He fumbled great. The way he fumbled last week is better <laughs> than the way Jeff Wilson fumbled last week. <laughs> Do it. Say under. Say under. Say it. You want to say it? Under. Yes. Under 13 and a half turnovers in the second half of the season. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. That's great. I love it. All right, let's go to the defense. Right now, the defense has six interceptions, Grant. They have one extra game. They're getting healthy. Seven and a half interceptions over or under for this defense. Under. I think losing Mosley kind of made it rough. Because, I mean, halfway through this last game, D'Amico Ryans realized there was nothing to fear from the Rams. He started playing press man coverage, but I guess everyone else he's playing soft zone and all of a sudden they're not breaking up passes anymore. I don't have to justify my pick. I'm saying under. I'm trying to think of the quarterbacks they play in the second half and I, I don't feel like any of them are just super turnover prone. So I'm going to go under. As well. No, wait, hold No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, don't think about it. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Kyler, Kyler. Kyler, huh? Kyler, uh, Kyler. You know, you got you, you got Carson Wentz over there. Who else? <laughs> Stafford had zero last week. Grant, we both thought he would turn it over. Zero, zero from right, Stafford. Right. That's coming. Right. That's, that's a prudent pick. Under. Okay. They have twenty six sacks this season. Over or under twenty nine point five in the second half of the season. Say it again. Say it again. Give me the numbers. They have twenty six sacks so far this season. Over or under 29.5 the second half of the season. Keep in mind they get one extra game. Hmm. I'm prepared. He sent me this like three hours ago. I could have thought about it then, but now I'm thinking about it now. Maybe that's why I'm losing this year. Uh, uh, over. I feel like this this defense is going to come through down the stretch. It's an important – it's a it's – a, I have, I have no justification. I'm over. <laughs> <laughs> man this one's tough because i feel like there's been games where they should have gotten a lot of sacks and they just haven't for whatever reason there's been a few times where we're like oh easy they're gonna go over on the sacks this week and <laughs> we both pick it and we've been wrong this week was one of them by the way they yeah. two sacks i think against the rams yeah. kyler's they're getting mobile. screened to death recently. they are but They're getting screened to death. And it is working. You're picking yes. up on it. Yeah. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. So there's a difference for us. Sweet. Good. Now I'm making some ground. This is important times right here for Grant Cohn. Grant Cohn's excited about what, what's happening. Okay. On this one, you actually want us to pick the same because you want it three to be different because if four are different, we can technically tie. Uh-oh. So points per game. Right now they're giving up 16.6 points per game on the defensive side. Mm. Over or under seventeen point five for the second half of the season. Oh boy! Knowing that Russell say, Wilson's not on the schedule, and I'm going to say over. I, I think they're Justin not the same Fields defense without the Mosley. I think it's say over. I think over. they're not the same defense without Mosley. They know it, 
That's why they made a big move to help their offense. Man. Disagree with me. Tell me I'm wrong. Say I'm wrong. You're wrong. Yes. They're going to go under. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They're going to go under. The offense is, is going to put up more points. You know what? Actually, should have gone over on the picks, too, because the offense is going to put up more points, going to cause teams to pass a little bit more. I'm going to go Force under. Force the issue. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I just I think I just closed the gap. I think I'm basically tied now for the season, which is nice. <laughs> Pat says, up, yeah. do, do you think there's any chance Brady wants to come to the Niners next year? And if so, uh, will Kyle want that? Both are control freaks. Um, does Brady seem particularly interested in football right now? I mean, he's divorced. What's going to hold him back at this point? Good point. It's a good point. I don't know. Possible. That's why I think I'll they're going to gonna make a second half resurgence. Because now all DMs. that cap's behind him. I'll have to check my DMs and see if someone's going to tell me the scoop. Sometimes people just tell me shit, but usually it's wrong. Go figure. Yeah, well, that one guy told you that something about Brady was going to be here and book it. Yeah, and tweet then he it. deleted his account That's today. Weird. It's really weird. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, um... It probably was. <laughs> Pat, I'm on to you. I'm on to your tactics. Thanks for watching the show, everyone. Um, feels good to to beat Jesse and over under, even though we haven't, we don't know the answers yet. I feel like my answers were way better than his. Oh and yeah, that's what counts. I'm sure they were. Yeah, they were so. Yeah. So thanks for watching, and um, back tomorrow, Jesse. What's your schedule like? I am doing a world tour. Everywhere about my channel, I feel like. So I'll be on Mariah's channel later tonight. Nice. Uh, and then tomorrow on a couple other channels. But um, for my channel, I got nothing else planned for the rest of the week. But I'm sure I'll end up putting out something. So Last Second Sports, tune in over there. Yeah, you always put out. Thank you so much, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Absolutely. You know.